Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Wendy's Big Show, served up hot and fresh here on The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Gary Ellerson, the former Packer and Badgers running back. On a Kim and Lavoie Judgment Day, Kim and Lavoie, they are your best defense. Our thanks to Packers All-Pro left tackle David Bakhtiari for joining us in the last segment of the Wendy's Big Show. Joining us now is the former Packers VP, and of course, now with the Business of Sports podcast, he is Andrew Brandt on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Good afternoon, Andrew. How you doing? Doing well, guys. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. Uh, your thoughts, I guess, first uh, on the deal reached by David Bakhtiari and the Packers. And he had said that, you know, throughout the course of this, things got kind of contentious between him and the Packers. Uh, but at the end of the day, the thing that saved him the most was the fact that he wanted to stay in Green Bay and the Packers wanted to keep him in Green Bay. And that was the most important common ground that kept him together to be able to get this deal done. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't hear that there was some contentiousness, but I, it's it's understandable when negotiations get certain ways, they can get tough, you know, because as I know as well as anyone, you're dealing with a person's self-worth and self-evaluation. And when you tell them they're not, quote unquote, as good as other people or shouldn't be paid more than other people, that can create some tension. That's why negotiations are so tough in sports, because you're not negotiating for inanimate objects. You're negotiating for human beings. Uh, so I get it. You know, I sort of looked at this negotiation as uh, outgrowth, outgrowth of Bill O'Brien being the GM of the Texans. So mm-hmm. he acquires Laramie Tunsil for two number ones. The time to do a deal would have been at the time of the trade simultaneously and he let it go. And that gave extraordinary leverage to Tunsil, who got what I thought was a wonderful extension on the player side, $22 million a year, and he had a, only a three-year extension, so he'll get at it again with another deal. And that was kind of the set. The stage was set for David. You know, you're looking at that number, 22 a year, and if you're going to go longer, which he did, it's going to be more. So that's what happened and I know the Packers quietly probably cursed that Laramie Tunsil deal, but that's where they were. That's what they were stuck with. Andrew, when you're working these deals and you, of course, this is on an extension, are, are you forecasting out, though, players like Aaron Jones, players like Corey Lindsley, as you're making this huge deal, let's say, with Aaron Rodgers and, and with David Bakhtiari? Yeah, I mean, listen, I 
talked to Bill Michaels on the on the show the other day, and I, before this, and I said, listen, they have priorities now. There are a lot of teams that come up with important players coming up in the same year, but it's all about priorities. And we didn't know what their priorities were in terms of those players, but now we do, at least the first one. And Bakhtiari was, is the first priority of all those guys. Now you go forward, and you have those names. You have Kevin King, you have that group, and then you have the franchise tag, and you have to figure out how to prioritize from there. But... Listen, having done this 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago at the Packers, they are a highly aggressive team with free agency, <laughs> which is exactly what no most people don't think. The, the issue is they're highly aggressive with free agents that are pending on their own team. They're not aggressive with free agents from other teams, and somehow people think the latter is better. And time and time again, it's proven that the former is better. To be aggressive with your core players, to identify and lock them up, and there's no better use of cap room, in my opinion. And I'm an expert at this. There's no better use of cap room mid-season than extending players for the future. It's stupid to let that cap room sit and bring it over next year when you have someone like Bakhtiari turning free agent. So they used it well. They probably paid more than they wanted to, but it's always a good use of cap room. Talking with our guy Andrew Brandt here on the Wendy's Big Show, and we've talked about Aaron Jones uh, and really how much money they're going to pay him. And there are numerous fans uh, of the Packers that say, hey, let's not pay him a ton of money here. It it never works out well when you pay running backs a lot of money on long-term deals. See the latest example, Todd Gurley, I guess, with what happened with the Rams and now uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, where do you stand on long-term deals for running backs in the NFL? Yeah, this is a tough one because there's personal and there's business. And my experience, some of my best friends as players in my time there were Dorsey Levins and Amon Green. And in both situations, I had to play the hard guy, the bad guy, in declining to sign them to what were basically third contracts. You know, we went we went second contracts on them, but the third contract's a tough one. Now, Aaron is talking about a second contract, and you would think at that young age it's not an issue, but you identified it's the shortest shelf life in sports, and in certainly in this sport, and it's just unfortunate. You know, I... You know, running backs should have their own union because they are highly disadvantaged, first of all, by the NFL draft rule, which requires three years removed from high school. And we know there are players coming out of even high school or freshman year in college that are ready to play pro. But they don't make money in those three years. Then they make their rookie contracts, and then no one wants to pay them. So it's really unfortunate. Spinning it to Aaron, you know, there's a market. So I was a little surprised they didn't do a deal in August because that's when all these deals were getting done. After a wasteland of running back contracts for three years, only Le'Veon Bell, really, there was Cook and Kamara and Mixon and, of course, McCaffrey earlier and Derrick Henry. But, you know, you sort of look off that, and if you don't think Aaron's right there, maybe he's right below it. I mean, I thought there was a deal to be made, and still is. 
if that's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, that that feels like it may not get done this year. Who knows? I just want to back up a little bit to something that you said about the Green Bay Packers. You probably know the organization inside and out better than anybody else. I think there's been a lot of angst amongst Packer fans as far as free agents are concerned that are not yours and to going out and trying to do this so-called go-for-it thing if Aaron Rodgers is only going to be here for three or four more years and that they feel like the Packers should do a little bit more than that to boost their roster. I hear it all the time. <laughs> it's like I still work there. I hear it all the time. Um, and my point is what I just said. I just think people need to realize not chasing free agents does not mean not high spending. So Packers are – I I mean, when the time I was there, we were sort of – we were second-tier spenders. We probably weren't the top eight teams, but we were between eight and 16. Yet, we didn't sign free agents. You know, we, we stepped out for, for a Joe Johnson, for a Charles Woodson, for Julius Peppers, and they've stepped out recently for the Smiths. But people have to understand that. Not, not chasing free agents does not mean not high spending. And my feeling, and I think they do this now as well, is – we're going to spend to the cap. So if the cap's 200, they're spending 200. Now it doesn't happen to be on sexy players coming from other teams. But you know, part of my answer, Gary, is always this: What part of Packers do you not understand? They just don't do that. You know, they don't chase quick fixes. They draft and develop. And I know you heard a lot of it with this Will Fuller stuff. And I get it. I get it. He's an exciting player. And there was probably a lot of discussion there. The Packers have eventually backed off because that's a very high draft pick. The complication with Fuller, as you know, was, is, he's a free agent. So are you going to give up a low-round pick for just eight games left on his contract, maybe. Are you going to give up a high-round pick? No way. you know. And then if you're negotiating with Fuller to get a new deal, he's looking at the market of 18, 19 a year for top receivers, and you got Devontae making 15. So that's a problem. I could see why Fuller was such a problem. Can I ask you a question? I, I, this because this just this just bugs me. And I brought this up at the NFL trade deadline with this whole Will Fuller conversation. Yeah. And, and having covered, you know, we cover baseball. They can't trade draft picks. We cover uh, well, they can now, I guess, but not not really draft picks. Basketball. You saw what the Bucks did. They traded away like a decade of picks last night. Uh, yeah. and, and then you have the NFL. Why are draft picks? you know, thought to be gold in the NFL. And then you look at the NBA or hockey even, and they're traded with no issues whatsoever. If a team feels like they have a chance to go and baseball don't trade draft picks, they trade actual players prospects in order for a rental for two or three months. They think it helps them get to the world series and the NFL guys just don't want to do that. My only answer is the draft picks in the NFL provide your balance to the cap where you have cheap, fixed, reasonable contracts for four years. The CBA has mandated that now. It used to be in my day you could negotiate one, two, five, seven, eight-year deals for rookies. Now it's four-year mandated deals at very cheap numbers, very, even for first-rounders past the top ten or so. So 
you're you're just they're just gold, especially for a team like the Packers that has elite numbers at quarterback, at left tackle, at some of the the, the D line positions. These balance out your cap, <laughs> and and I don't understand any team that uses an excuse. Well, we're paying a quarterback thirty million, we can't field a Super Bowl team. That's frankly BS, because if you've got say thirty to thirty-five players on, in rookie contracts, and say conservatively they make a million-dollar cap number, that's thirty-five million for half your team, more than half your team. Now you got one hundred and sixty-five million for your other half. That's easy. That's easy. That's not a problem. Teams should be able to handle that. Last one, let you get going, Andrew, and I, and, I, and I don't know if it's any pushback, but I guess maybe you can open the curtains up a little bit. I think a lot of our listeners that go, well, they heard that Matt LaFleur didn't know about the deal until Sunday of the game and kind of congratulate him during the deal. How does that all work with a negotiator, a guy that was in, in your particular job, Russ Ball, the head coach, and, and maybe Mark Murphy, how do they all work that then together and then the head coach may not find out about it until, in in this case, on game day? Yeah, it's hard for me to put myself in there, even though I've been on the same organization, a little more collaborative. You know, when I was working deals, you know, I'd keep Ted or Ron Wolf and the coach involved. But to a surface level, I mean, I wouldn't get into it with Mike McCarthy about we're offering this much bonus and this much guarantee and they want this. It was just like, we're working on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Packers have been known to sort of be coaching football, oper- coaching personnel and business kind of in their own lanes. And, you know, it just that that thing you're telling me sort of coincides with that, where people are doing their thing. But I can only say I was a little more collaborative. You know, we had all these personnel guys like Reggie McKenzie, John Schneider, John Dorsey that I would spend hours with talking about, you know, what how much our guys are worth compared to guys around the league and where we're, where we're looking to stagger contracts and. I think that collaboration is important, and hopefully it does go on there. Are you surprised John Dorsey's not back in the league in, in a position <laughs> since you brought up his name? Because I, I love John Dorsey myself. Always yeah, been a big fan. We all, we all do. Yeah. Yeah, and Reggie, too. I mean, those guys, yeah. are their element is on college campuses looking at talent. And maybe the COVID thing is a, bit, is a part of all that. And maybe they were in – roles that had too much administrative responsibilities because, and they're all like this, Ted Thompson, John Schneider, they're scouts, you know, that's, that's their element. And sometimes I think you need someone, maybe just kind of an overseer that's just going to be the quote unquote manager of of the operation and just let these guys do what they do best. Just, just go pick players. He is Andrew Brandt, former uh, Green Bay Packers VP, a huge fan of him here on this show. Of course, check out his Business of Sports podcast as well. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Take care. You betcha. Take care. There is Andrew Brandt on the Great Midwest Bank hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Well, just breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. 
today. Hey, Wendy's, baby. New at Wendy's, a chicken sandwich you're going to love. Oh, buddy. Welcome to new classic chicken sandwich. It's just got the right amount of crispy and juicy. The quality you'll expect from Wendy's with a major crunch factor. The kids in the back seat will hear you eating this sandwich. Grab a new classic chicken sandwich today and see what victory tastes like. And you got to think that our team, basketball team here in Milwaukee, is uh, feeling like they are victorious after the two trades they made last night, getting Holiday and Bogdanovich. Great Lakes Dragway Pickling coming up next. Let's talk about the Bucks trades. Straight out here on the fan. Dial it up. Let's hear it. 414-799-1250. Now the latest from Green Bay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.